0: You're listening to the Harbor Worship Center podcast with Pastor Mike Saint. For more information about the Harbor Worship Center, please visit us at harborwc.com. Enjoy today's message. Now, I want to talk with you today about borders of protection. How I many of you have a fence around your yard? Let me see you. Amen. Well, you know what a fence does, right? A fence keeps you know certain critters out certain people out, and it protects certain ones that need to stay in. Like, you know, we have um, our earliest introduction is when we go to Walmart and buy that little three-foot fence between the kitchen and the living room when our little toddler, we don't want to come in and pull something down off the stove. And so um, we have a fence there. We have a border there. And uh, I would say that every one of us needs a border of protection. Let me just say out the gate, since last week we were talking about financial margins, and I gave you the prescription, I gave you the plan that if you are in debt to be out of debt in the next two and a half years, or actually two years. Most people can do it in two, two and a half years. Outside, maybe three, but if you will work the plan, you can do it. I shared in the greatest detail the three steps that you uh, needed to take, and that was to create a budget. We gave you all the links. We even printed budgets here, uh, forms that you could use if you wanted to do it the old school way. That's fine, too. We gave you an app that is a free download, everydollar.com, where you could track every single dollar. So notice, in two and a half years, there's no reason for you being out of debt other than you just didn't want to get out or you didn't want to discipline yourself hard enough to get you out. Amen. If I was to ask you to raise your hand, nobody here would say, well, Pastor, I'd like to get old and be broke. I don't think you'd like to do that. But, but if we don't do something about the state of affairs that we're in right now, you will be old and broke if you make it to old. Are you with me? Say amen. So we said create a budget. and Then, um, then we said that you had to create an emergency fund, $1,000, that you would get stacked away somewhere that's not put and take, that you leave that alone, and it is a genuine, true emergency that you would go into it with a plan to put it right back. After you have those two steps, creating a budget, and <clears throat> An emergency fund. Then you would begin to attack your debt with what we call the snowball, and where you begin to snowball your debt. And that was, and we gave you the link. You can follow it. Go to our website, HarborWC.com, or go to our YouTube channel. Search for the Harbor Worship Center. And all the messages are there. You could take your smallest debt and begin, and and then you'll add two hundred dollars to that. And how am I going to do that? You might have a yard sale or whatever, but nonetheless, you're going to pay that smallest one off, and it won't take you but a few weeks to do that one. Then you're going to roll that money into your next one, and then your next one, and then your next one. And the snowball gets bigger and bigger, and you get excited and even more excited because in a few months you look around and say, wow, I don't know this, this, or this. It's just incredible. So now I want to take you to this next installment, Borders, which are margins of protection. And, and I believe like this, and I do a lot of <clears throat> pre-marriage counseling, some post-marriage counseling, some financial counseling. But here's what I say, and I believe that we need to put God first in everything we do. Amen. A hearty amen. God first. Now that means God is first in my time, in my treasure, and in my talent. Because you can tell me whatever you want to tell me uh, about where God is at in your life. If you'll let me hold your checkbook in your calendar, I'll tell you where He ranks. I don't even have to have your calendar. I can just go to a check attendance and see if you were here. (laughs) Are you all with me? Say amen. But then, in other words, what we spend our time, which is the most precious commodity we have, what we spend our time on and what we spend our money on is the things that are most important to us. Amen. So, so, uh, borders. Let me read a scripture, if I may. And I want you to know that I personally believe, and I want to thank you, for tithing and giving. What is tithe? Tithe is an old word. It simply means tenth. The fifth is not tithe. The, uh, whether you drink it or not, the fifth is not tithe. The, the eighth is not tithe, or the ninth, or even the eleventh, or the fifteenth. But tenth is what the meaning of, of tithe is. It is the tenth. In fact, furthermore, it is the first tenth. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But I believe tithe is, is a border of protection. Let, let me share it with you. I've been, I was taught to tithe all my life. But uh, let me tell one on our youth pastor. I don't even know if he's in here right now. He might be serving somewhere. But, uh, I, I, you know, he's been serving this coming September, be 10 years. Well, I remember before he came to youth pastor, he used to love to hog hunt and, and bay hogs. And so he found a dog that was way up the country somewhere, in North Carolina or something like that. And this dog cost $900. <clears throat> Nine hundred dollars, but he wanted this dog so bad, you know. He he's gonna get everything he can get together to get that dog, and he was still short. And so he took his tithe money, and he went to North Carolina to buy this dog. And they got—I mean, they bought the dog, and they, you know, they brought him home. It's a beautiful dog, and supposed to be—I mean, the cat's meow when it comes to baying up hogs. Well, he let him out in his yard, and the first time he let him out. He went through a hole in the fence, and he ain't been seen since. Josh came to me and said, Pastor, I want to tell you something. I need to repent about something. He said, I took my tithe money to put with all the other money I had to go up and buy this dog. And the very first time I even let the dog out, the dog found a hole and is gone, and we have looked for days. What I'm saying is this. Here's the moral of that genuine true story. is when we rob God, we're going to spend it somewhere. It ain't going to stay in the account. I don't know if it's the refrigerator that's going to break or the lo- roof that's going to leak or whatever, but it is what it is. Now, you ain't got to buy into this with me yet or not, but when I get through, you'll wonder. Say, man, I might. It better be pay time and be blessed. Amen. So anyway, let me read a scripture to you, Malachi 3, 8 through 12. <clears throat> the Bible says in Malachi 3, will a mere mortal, let me read it from, uh, I'm going to read the New King James right here. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, said. but you say, in which way have we robbed you? And then the Lord answers his own deal, and he says, You've robbed me in tithes and in offerings. Did you hear that? Two separate deals, tithes and offerings. Wait a minute. Pastor, you mean I'm supposed to bring the tenth and then an offering? That's like paying $500 for something, and then the people asking for a tip. (laughs) And they do. (laughs) Uh, But he says, you're cursed with a curse for you've robbed me, verse 9 says, even this whole nation, he's talking to Israel here. He says, watch this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now, he's not talking about steak and potatoes physically. He says, bring the tithe in the storehouse that there may be food. In other words, that they may be Preaching that there may, you see, tithe was always set up for the Levites who was the priest of God. They were the ministers of God that worked about the altar and the tabernacle. He said, bring the, and then listen, the people brought the tithe and also the Levites paid a tithe of that tithe up to the high priest. So we have the biblical mandate here. um, That there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord. Did you get that? One version says, prove me now. In this, says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. He says, watch this. Here's the border of protection. And I will rebuke the devourer. Now listen, for me, if I got anybody I want to rebuke the old devil, for me, it ain't you. And it ain't you. And it ain't even me in the mirror. I want the Lord to rebuke him for me. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. See, in that day, that's how they live the fruit of the ground. That's it, the cattle. And all. He said, but, but I will rebuke the devourer <coughs> that he will not destroy the fruit of the ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord. Now what is that? That's a reciprocation of bringing the tenth unto the Lord, and the Lord says, I'll rebuke that one that would devour you. Wow. So, and the Lord said that. So here's the deal. We need to know that in, tithe is a margin or a border of protection, and I don't touch it. It's the Lord's. Let me give you an example from way back in the Old Testament. I need to try to hurry here. But way back in the Old Testament, in Genesis chapters uh, about 3, 4 in that ballpark, we find Adam and Eve. And we find the Lord says you can have everything in the whole garden to eat except my tithe. <laughs> except what is mine. He said this tree in the middle, I don't want you to touch it. You can have everything else, but don't touch this. He said, because if you do touch this, guess what? It's going to bring death upon you. Amen? All throughout the scripture, I find this and let me move on because uh, I just don't want to get bogged down, but tithe is a border of protection. Why do you need to know that? Let me say this. You need to know that because in order to secure the blessings of the Lord and the rebuke of the one that would destroy my home, my family, my business. You saying, now pastor, you're trying to con me in it. Let me tell you, that's what Jesus said. Or that's what the word said. Try me in this. He said, prove Prove me now, says the Lord. You know what? He didn't say prove me about loving you. He didn't say prove me about your marriage. He didn't say prove me about salvation, redemption, justification, but he knew that money would be the number one thing that has the grip on people. He said, so when it comes to your money, I'm willing to show you. I'm willing for you to test drive it. Let me prove to you, he says. So in order to secure the blessings, the protection, the promises of God, listen, and secondly, to avert the curse that falls upon those who do not bring the tithe. Let me, let me bring it to modern day for you just for a second. I've done a little study this past week. I want you to compare what we're willing to do without, without uh, any problems whatsoever. We're willing to go and have a service done, whether it be uh, our nails, our hair, eating, which we do every day somewhere. And we go, and did you know in restaurants, they have no problem putting a minimum gratuity of 15%. If you've got at least eight people, they're going to add 18% or maybe even 20 And I have seen 22. It's it's just incredible. And you know what What we think, we say, well, you know, they work hard and they deserve a tip and all this. And I understand that. I believe they do. I don't know that 22% is in order. But I mean, we don't even bring God 10 sometimes. But let me help you. Let me help you. I had a couple in our church recently done their absolute budget that said we spent $1,200 last month Eating out at restaurants, so I did a little bit of math. Uh, you know, in one couple, twelve hundred at twelve hundred dollars at eighteen percent is two hundred sixteen dollars. Two hundred sixteen dollars, and then at twenty percent, it's two hundred forty dollars. Oh, are y'all with me? Say amen. Uh, it blows my mind that uh, that we don't have a problem doing that kind of thing. Amen. Not at all. And we feel like, well, that's a minimal tip that's required. And then we don't bring God the 10th. The 10th all of a sudden looks, it's amazing. When we get to Walmart, you know, you can't even go in Walmart without spending $50. You just need to know that. And if you've got children, just go ahead and double it. I mean, it's just, that's how it is. But then, and when we get to Walmart, a $50 bill, we say, and even a $100 bill, we say, my Lord, it just, don't, it don't look like Nothing. Getting to church and look at $100. Oh my God, put that thing away. I mean, just paradigm shift when you get to church. But let me give you, here's the principle of first. You know, we need to look at this. See, the Bible says that everything has to come into order. And I believe when we tithe, everything will come into order because if we put our money and our heart where in the first place where it ought to be, God's going to help us organize the rest of it. I'm going to tell you, if you can discipline yourself to do this, you can discipline yourself to get out of debt. There are those who will say, now, Pastor, there is no way in this world that I could possibly render a tenth unto the Lord when I'm already underwater. Let me help you real quick about that. I I, I want to say something in the light of how you got there, but I'm not. But I will say this. I will say this. Your 30 40 50 or even $100 tithe probably wouldn't put a drop in the bucket to what you need every week. Why not live under the blessings of God? Now let me let me put it in order for you. Exodus 13:2. The Bible says, "Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whether uh whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is mine." The Lord says the firstborn. That's where we get our term first fruits. The firstborn is mine," he says. I think that's fair. I mean, it, it, a lots of times if you're, I've heard of people who breed dogs, that they get the pick of the litter. You know, I don't care who the stud was, you know, or whatever, but uh, they get the pick of the litter or one of the owners gets the pick of the litter and then they'll sell all the rest. But um, they could say that first one is mine or they could say that pick is mine. But let me say this, Exodus 13, 12. That you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you'll break its neck. And all of the firstborn of man among you you shall redeem. What he says is there's two types of animals here. He says there's the clean animals and then there is the unclean. The lamb represented the clean and the donkey represented the unclean. I want you to catch this. This is pretty powerful. He says, uh, if you have a clean animal, that is a lamb, the first lamb shall be sacrificed unto the Lord. Now you got to understand, this is in the Old Testament under under the sacrificial law in which we have now done away with the ceremonialism of that. And the ritual, thank God, Jesus became the supreme sacrifice. For the blood of bulls and goats was no longer good enough. For we're not redeemed with the blood of bulls and goats or corruptible blood, but with the blood of a precious lamb slain from the foundation of the world, the writer said. Amen. So now he he became that supreme sacrifice for us. Now, let, let me go on. He says, but if there is a donkey born, you shall redeem that. The lamb must be sacrificed. In other words, a lamb, the firstborn male, is sacrificed unto the Lord. He slaughtered. A donkey has to be redeemed. In other words, a lamb has to die for it. And then you redeem him by slaughtering the lamb. Let me ask you this. What were we when we were born? Were we clean or unclean? We were unclean. Amen. What was Jesus when he was born? He was clean. Guess who was slaughtered for us? Him. John the Revelator said, a precious lamb, a spotless lamb, the one who became the propitiation for our sin, the one who died that we might live. Because the law in that day said, are you with me? Every spotless, the first lamb, they would be sacrificed unto the Lord. Well, he is the only begotten son of the Father, but guess this. Then all of the others, all the other unclean, in order for them to be redeemed, a lamb had to die. Now that we got that together. Uh, So here's what I need you to do. Um, Let me say this. Here's what he said If you're not willing to redeem the donkey that comes, the firstborn male donkey, if you're not willing to redeem him with a lamb, then you must break his neck. In other words, it ain't staying in your account anyway. He says, if you're going to steal it, see, there's really only two words about tithe. One is bring and the other steal. Either I bring it to the Lord or I steal it from the Lord. I felt that one bounce back off the back wall. Are y'all with me? Say amen. All right, let, me, let me just show you the word. It's not my gospel. It's, I'm just the messenger. So uh, here's the deal. What is it that I need you to do? I need us. And you know what? We have a wonderful tithe paying church and because of people who sacrifice and bring the tithe and then sacrifice into giving and some of you even into what they call extravagant giving. Thousands of dollars. I've seen a lot of you do that. Um, and, And so I praise God for you. And you know what? Here's what the Bible says. You know what? He who sows sparingly reaps sparingly. But he who sows bountifully reaps bountifully. It's amazing that we want to sow a a, a thimble full and reap a dump truck load. We want to give God a little shot glass of seed and expect Him to give us a water tower. Hello? He said, no, 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 no. He said, but if you want to sow, uh, if you want a big harvest, then sow a lot of seed. Well, uh, Let me show you. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. So I've shared that with you. So how do we know which one to sacrifice and which one to redeem? Well, the clean and the unclean. And so the question is this. uh, Were we clean? No, we were dirty. So the clean, that is Jesus, in whom no guile was found in Him, He was sacrificed for us. Jesus is literally God's tithe. And the Bible goes on to say, and He became also the first fruits of them that slept. Amen. He said, I'm going to get out of this grave on the third day. And and he did. Listen, Romans says, now now here's here's what I want you to understand. When we talk about bringing the first fruits to the Lord, when we talk about bringing the tenth, it's a scary thing. You know why? We haven't seen if there's going to be any more yet. When you kill the firstborn or you bring the firstborn to redeem the other, you have to do it by faith because you don't know if they're going to be a second one. You don't know if there's going to be a third or a fourth or a tenth. You don't understand that. You don't know that. But the Bible says God didn't wait to see if we was going to turn out all right. Inasmuch as he commendeth his love to us while we were yet still sinners, God sent his son to die for the ungodly. So he sent Jesus to die for us, Romans said, in hope that we might receive salvation. In hope that we might accept him and live right. So Jesus was born clean. He is the tithe of the Lord. Listen, the the first portion is the redemptive portion. And I'm talking about of our salary. The first part is the redemptive part. Now, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm simply saying it like this. If the first, let, let's just say that um, that uh, you hired me to come and do some some landscaping for you, God help you, but but you hired me to come and do some landscaping for you, and you said, Pastor, I'm going to pay you a profit of $1,000. I said, all right, praise God. So, you know, I got all my stuff together and I planted your flowers and, the, you know, your grass and everything, hedges, and everything. And you said, okay, pastor, here's your $1,000. I got 10 $100 bills for you and, and here it is. And so I lay it on this table. There's 10 $100 bills. I've already paid for the equipment. I've already paid for the merchandise. That's all done. This is my profit right here. And you see, because if they paid me $2,500, I don't have to pay tithe on 25, only what I profited. Y'all with me? Say amen. So I got got $1,000 here. It's 10 $100 bills. And so how much is the tithe on $1,000? $100. Well, then what? The question begs, which $100 bill? (laughs) The first one he gave me or the first one that leaves my hand? It's the first one that leaves my hand. Are you with me? Now listen to me. I know, and I heard a pastor say this because he said, My my wife does all of our stuff, and you know, we get paid, and she has it all set aside. And this particular pastor renders 20% back to the Lord. He said, I've done it now for years. I told the Lord years ago that I would finally get to a point where I would offer 20% instead of 10%. So he does this. He said, but nonetheless, he said, and his wife's name is Debbie. He said, if I come home and and, and you know the groceries have been bought. And the car payment's been made. I said, oh, Debbie, oh, Debbie, have you paid the tide?" Well, checks are laying, they're right over here. Oh, man, we're under a curse now. No, I'm not. He said, I'm not going to be legalistic about this. God knows our heart, and God knows where we're at. He said, I simply said this, that she made sure in the budget priorities that God's money was set aside first. The problem with us is this. All of us pay. We have no choice with Uncle Sam. You need pay your taxes or go to jail. They take that right out of your paycheck. They don't trust you to bring it to Camden County Courthouse or something like that every week, and it's a good thing because some of us probably wouldn't do it. Y'all with me? <laughs> but nonetheless, they take that out, and then, you know, we, we, we've got this left over, and uh, but, but it's a matter of where we prioritize it. The problem is we pay Georgia Power and uh, GMAC and Ford Motor Credit and, and the credit union and all of that. And we get down and we say, well, you know what? We ain't got enough money to eat this month. Surely we can't pay God. We can't bring the tithe. And then we've just talked ourselves into stealing what really wasn't ours to start with. Did you know he owns it all? He owns all 100%. All of it's his. And he simply said we can keep 90%. <laughs> now, I can feel this one bouncing a little bit, but uh, I, I need to move on. Just so, uh, but here, Listen. Why do we need to do this? Um, Why do we need to bring God the tenth? I believe in order to obey the command of God and live in the blessings of God. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable what... You know, we we think... I heard a story the other day. I was watching. I was actually preparing for this and he was a, a man that was very, very well off. And he said, uh, I had been faithful to the Lord and for years and years. And he said, when I was making a small amount of money, the Lord spoke to me one time and said, give everything you have to missions. So he said, "It wasn't no problem. I didn't have a whole lot. <laughs> he said, I gathered everything up in all my accounts, and I gave it to missions, and it wasn't long the Lord blessed me. He said, in another part in my life, I was, I was faithful and I was giving. He said, but one day, I decided to tally it all up. He said, so I, I tallied up all my savings accounts. I tallied up all my retirement accounts. I tallied up my investment accounts. I tallied up all that I had liquid cash. And he said to his wife, we're pretty wealthy. I mean, God has really blessed us. And he said later that night, the Lord spoke to me and says, uh," and he called his name and said, how much do you have in your accounts? And he said, I have to be honest with you. I was thinking the Lord was fixing to pull what he did back when I made a little bit of money. And uh, I was scared to death because, uh, you know, I didn't have their excuse now. I got to figure it out, Lord, and you know, all that. He said, The Lord said, Well, you know exactly what you got. Would you be willing to give it away? Y'all hear how quiet it is? That's what we're talking about. And he said, Well, well Lord, you know, if you need it, you know it's yours. Now now think about this. Now I've seen places in the scripture where the Lord spoke to a rich young ruler and he asked him to give all, He He said, you know... Take all you have and go sell it to the poor and then have the treasure in the kingdom of heaven. And now the scholars tell us that he didn't really want him to do that. He wanted to see if he was willing. You say, well, show me a type and shadow of that. I'm glad you asked. Abraham had his son up on Mount Moriah. His, his name was Isaac. He was bound to uh, an altar. And, and the Lord let him take the knife and come all the way down just before the knife touched him. An angel grabbed his hand and said, I don't want you to kill him. I want to see if he was willing to kill him. And he says, the Lord spoke to me and said, would you give it all to me? Would you trust me with it? And he said, well, you know, Lord, be honest with you. The first thing hit me was fear. He said, but there it is, Lord. That's what you said. That's what you wanted. And I talked to my wife about it and we agreed. And there we wrote out a check and boom, liquefied all liquid assets we had. He said, in one year to the day, the Lord dealt with me again and said, figure up your assets. He said, check your investment account, your retirement account, your savings accounts, all of these money uh, mutual accounts and all of that. He said, I figured it up, and guess what? In one year's time, I had two times what I had last year. He said, and the Lord spoke to me and said, isn't it amazing that you worked all your working life to get what I had you give away last year and now I have doubled it in one year. I'm not trying to tell you to go do that. I'm simply saying that's an example of what God can do do so he says honor the lord uh, you see our, our first fruits we have to honor the lord with our first fruits it takes faith to believe that we'll bring the 10th because we're not so sure but listen when we bring the 10th god will bless the rest I, I have a story about a fellow by the name of cain another one by the name of abel the bible says cain he brought of his fruit of the ground and he brought it to the lord abel brought that's his brother abel brought of the firstlings of his flock, he brought that to the Lord. The Bible says the Lord accepted Abel's offering, but he did not accept Cain's offering. And Cain was uh, wroth. He was mad. His countenance failed. And, uh, we, we know what happened. He went on to kill his brother. But here's the real deal. You know what Abel did? Abel brought of the firstlings. And you know what? He would have accepted Cain's, had Cain brought him the tithe or the first fruits of the land, but it was kind of like Cain just decided to go by the barn and grab an onion or two, a watermelon, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and just sort of be haphazard about it. It's not that God could not or would not accept His offering. He could not. Because there's some things that God cannot do. Here it is. God cannot act outside of His character. God cannot think the way we think. Hear me when I say this. Because of His omniscience, that means omni-science. Omni means all, and science means knowledge. You see, God, because of His omniscience, He knows everything. He cannot think the way we think. You say, well, uh, the Bible says in... um, in Isaiah that he thinks, and I said, yeah, that's right. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. But my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than your ways. And past finding out, he does not think the way we think. He, you know, God never gets in a situation where he says, oh, myself. We say, oh, my, OMG. Yeah. He don't think like we think. Are you with me? So God, listen, God cannot be second. He can never be number two. This is called the preeminence of God. Now, now listen, the preeminence the, the, the preeminence of God, uh, He cannot come in. So I know we put Him sometime 10th or whatever, but just because you place Him there don't mean He is there. You see, He is not only first of all, but before all, higher than all, above all. We cannot rearrange the order of His preeminence. See, you can tell me all day that God is first in our lives, but our calendar and our checkbook will tell the true story. Leviticus 27 and 30 says this, All of the tithe, whether of the land or the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. So, how am I going to help you? Retain this. I'm going to do it like this. Um, The Bible says in Exodus 13 and 14, So it shall be when your son asks in time to come, saying, What is this? That you shall say to him, By the strength of my by the strength of the hand, the Lord has brought us out of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. And it shall come to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, but the firstborn of man and firstborn of beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that open the womb, but all the firstborns of my sons I redeem. So I want you to join me into this story right now as I close picture with me this rancher who's uh, got a lot of cattle and they're out there on the hills and uh, this rancher has a son that's gone off to college and now he comes home from college and daddy puts him in charge he, of, of all of the estate and he runs the books now, he's good in finances and he comes to his daddy one day and he says, hey daddy he said, Um I, I got a problem I want to bring to your attention about this sacrificial thing you've been doing. Every male that opens the womb, you kill it. The firstborn male, the firstborn male. Every th- matter of fact, last year you killed seventy-two bulls. I want to remind you, Daddy, we are in the ranching business. And this religious thing you got going on is really cutting into our profits pretty deep. And we got to do something about it, Dad. And his daddy takes out an old book and shows him. He says, Son, we weren't always ranchers, we didn't always own land, we didn't always have thousands of animals. There was a time when we was in bondage. There was a time when we were slaves. We couldn't make decisions for ourselves. We couldn't do anything for ourselves. We had no freedom. We were, we were in chains. And the Lord brought us out. The Lord brought us out. I made a vow to Him. Just like Exodus 13 that said every Male that opens the shall be consecrated wholly unto the Lord, or it shall be redeemed. He said, That is why I sacrifice the firstborn males. That is why I redeem these, because I have been redeemed. And we are what we are today, and we have what we have today because of the blessings of the Almighty God. So it may seem it cuts into our profit, but that ain't profit. That's God's. Leave that alone, or else we'll sacrifice all this other that we've got. Let me say it like this Jesus Himself, and if Jesus were Himself to say, because there's some controversy about all the New Testament and all that. So he says, well, they've done away with, the law was done away with, but here's what Paul said. How could what was practiced 430 years before the law, that is tithing, where Abraham paid tithing in the milk, incident, How could something that was practiced 400 years before the law, how could the law annul what was practiced 400 years before it, before it? The law became our schoolmaster because we couldn't obey we couldn't be good. So the law exists. here's what the deal is when the law was washed away jesus said i didn't come to do away with the law but i come to fulfill the law he said i didn't do away with the sacrifice i became the sacrifice the supreme sacrifice i offered my blood instead of the blood of all goats so so what is it they asked Jesus about paying taxes one time and about paying tithe. He said, Bring me a coin. They brought him a coin. He said, Who's in on the coin? He said, Well, that is Caesar. He said, Well, then render unto Caesar what is Caesar? And render unto God what is God's. If Jesus Himself said it, let me show it to you in Matthew 23:23. 23, 23, Jesus said, In red, Oh, by the way. There was another passage of scripture I wanted to give you. Come out of the Proverbs, and uh, and it talked about our barns bursting out with uh, with, with plenty. He said, oh the Lord with your possessions." Proverb three and nine: "With the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow." That was law. That was thousands of years separated. But Jesus says to the scribes. He says, 23 and 23, Matthew, voting to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He said, For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. In other words, all the seasons and spices. You even tithe on the paprika and oregano uh, and nutmeg. You be careful to tithe on everything. If you put spice on a pie, you be sure to cut out God's section and give it to him. He said, you pay tithe of everything. Fantasy gun, myth, and deal, and all of that, but you've neglected the weightier matters. Someone said, Oh, there we go. The weightier matters of the law and justice and mercy and faith. He said, These you ought to have done, here we go, without leaving the others undone. Wow. Wow. That said. Two ways. I believe that's And I want to congratulate you. I mean, for the better part, I mean God has blessed us last. It is just impressive growth through The finances, all of that. And I want to lead you to a place, and I'm trying my dead little place. And I'm I'm there with you, I promise, I love you. I am want to no Snowball myself. And one thing you can guarantee. I bring God to 10. I've been doing it all my life. Every one of you have got a 90 day challenge card in front of you. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, it just freaks you out, then don't do it. So there's no you to do it. I want you to get that. So you don't feel like you're do it. And I want to challenge those who say, you know what, Pastor? I, I'm kind of into what you're saying. I, I believe Matter of fact, I want us to pray before we we fill this card out. Can we just pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus? I don't want to go through the hand show and all that. Lord, you see the hearts and lives of everyone. You see the the check. Thank you. Not every one of us. And I pray God right now that these people standing here, Lord, many, many, many right here are already so faithful to you in giving and serving. They're going to put their name on there, and it's no big deal to them. They're going to just keep on doing what they've been doing. They're going to believe God. And then there are those right here, Lord, that's struggling, and they're saying, Lord, I'm already under the I, 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 I do this, but I, you know, I write it. But God, I'm asking you to honor their step, Lord. I'm asking you to honor their commitment, Lord, to do what your word says to do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Here it is. On this paper, it's very simple. Name, address, city, state, zip, email. Please write legibly. Here's the deal. If you write this down, number one. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at harborwc.com.